everybody. Welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, and I'm flying solo this week. Colin Doyle unable to make it into studio this week because of the terrible weather that we have been going through. The, uh, the weather's been bad out there, but uh, we got something to warm you up. A little Toronto Rock Total Access podcast, and of course, a Toronto Rock home game coming up on Friday night against the defending NLL champion, the Saskatchewan Rush. Uh, quick little recap, obviously, how we got here today. The Toronto Rock defeat the Philadelphia Wings by a score of 13-12 uh, last Saturday night in Philly. It was not a very pretty start for the Toronto Rock as very early in this game, just 3:39, and the Rock found themselves down 4 nothing. but they weathered that storm. Yeah, that's right. Lots of weather puns today, maybe. I don't know. But, um, you know, the Rock showed some real resiliency in this game and kept it close to the middle portion. The defense kind of shut things down. Nick Rose made the saves when he had to and looked really good as the game went on and came up with some huge saves later on in the game. So, you know, the Rock, uh, they kept things close enough, kept uh, Philadelphia within striking distance throughout this game, and then finally in the fourth quarter, the offense just exploded. Uh, Schreiber, Thornbert, Hellier, Schreiber, Hellier, those guys all scored in 622 in. The Rock had their first lead of the game, 622 into the fourth quarter, that is. So, you know, over 51 minutes into the game until the Rock were able to take the lead in this lacrosse game. So, um Quite a game by the Rock in the end, although it was a very rough start. Power play goes two for three. They end up being outshot on the night, 53-45. But, you know, they don't ask how. They just ask how many. And, of course, this was not pretty again against the Philadelphia Wings for whatever reason. The Wings are 0-6. The Rock are 5-1. and But the Rock have had two very, very close games against the Philadelphia Wings Won in overtime, of course, back in Toronto at the start of January, and then this one last weekend, a regulation 13-12 win. And another interesting little sidebar, and some people may have picked it up if they read the uh, game story on torontorock.com, but Tom Schreiber was battling a bit of a bug on Friday night, didn't make it to team shoot-around on Saturday morning, but was able to uh, get himself together and uh, play on Saturday night. So if some people think that he maybe didn't look like his usual self, well, that was kind of because he wasn't his usual self. He, he was, uh, he was very under the weather. I think for about 24 hours there, and was able to pull things together. And you just kind of saw it was almost like he dug down, found that extra gear in the fourth quarter, and scored that goal just 45 seconds into the fourth quarter to get things going. And I think that may have served as maybe an even bigger rallying point than maybe some people would have thought just because of the fact that his teammates knew what kind of physical uh, condition that he was in and for him to go out and score that goal I think it probably provided an even bigger uh, boost than maybe it looked like on your television screen watching on Bleacher Report Live so in the end, uh, you know, a fantastic finish to the game. Rob Hellier with the big game-winning goal, just driving underneath on his guy, and we've seen him do this so many times now. It's almost become kind of a signature move for Robbie. As soon as he sees that little opening, he seems to be able to exploit it with that explosive first step that he has and his ability to just beat guys underneath and uh, take to the air and find that spot while he's, uh, you know, suspended in midair, basically and able to find the back of the cage. So the Toronto Rock go on to that 13-12 win over the Philadelphia Wings. 5-1 and one is the record. They sit atop the NLL standings all by themselves now. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful view from up top. 
And uh, we'll talk more about that, of course, as the podcast goes on today. So without any further ado, let's jump right into our first guest. Actually, I should mention for all those who were uh, concerned out there or I guess keeping score maybe is a better way to put it. But I did do my homework last week that Colin assigned me. I did watch uh, the Fire Festival doc, the Firefest doc on uh, Netflix so we'll, but we'll have to wait for a week to discuss that with Doily. So, um, anyways, like I said, without any further ado, let's get to our first guest on the program. He is the owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick, and he's up next. Is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Two can be as bad as one. It's the loneliest number since the number one. Uh, Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock flying solo right now, still on the pod, as uh, Colin Doyle could not make it in uh, due to inclement weather this week. Kept him out of the uh, studio, but right now we welcome in studio a guy who was able to get here despite the inclement weather, the owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick. Back it up a sec okay, here. Hold sorry, on, hold ahead. on. All right, what? Um, Colin couldn't make it in because the weather... I hope that doesn't mean Jonesy's going to have a problem getting in for the game because <laughs> they're coming from the same place. So well, uh, I can assume Jonesy's going to be here yes. and we give Colin the week off. Yeah, a little bit of like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Doily would have been in earlier in the week when the weather was worse. So if we were recording the podcast on Thursday night at 11-ish p.m., I think we might be fine. We might have a co-host this week but all right all right well yeah. we held out for him but <laughs> you, you can fly alone this week all right well uh speaking of flying and wings and stuff like that uh the rock pull off a narrow 13 12 come from behind win over the philadelphia wings last saturday night in the city of brotherly love uh while the score was a, a one goal win much like the last time the two teams met um I think the game's probably felt a little bit differently, but maybe just your synopsis of what happened on Saturday night uh, in Philadelphia with uh, obviously what was a pretty rough start to the game. Yeah, well, I mean, anytime, anytime you start a game like that, I mean, you're down 4 nothing before you've even really had a chance to take your seat. Um, you know, occasionally that happens, and, and that's, you know, part of this game. But, uh, you know, you really, you really do put yourself in a – in a really bad spot. I mean, yeah, sure, there's still 58 minutes to go here, but you already spotted them a four nothing lead. So, you know, it makes it. A ch- I'm sure it changes the game. Um, you know, coaches could say all they want about continuing to do the little things, and and I think we did it as well as possible. But at the same time, yeah, you're down four nothing, and you need to get back in the game. So I thought, um, I thought the defense and and goaltending. Um, you know, once we did fall behind 4 nothing, really clamped down, and that was what gave us a chance to get back in the game. You know, it took it took almost for the better part of 50 minutes, really, um, you know, for the offense to really kick it into gear and, and kind of take over there. Um, so, yeah, it, it's the, the, the tough. It makes it, those, are, those are tough ones to win. Um, and like I said, I know it's, it's two minutes into a game, so I'm, there's still 58 more to decide the outcome. But when you fall behind like that, it, it makes it a challenging uh, challenge for sure. 
Now, is there maybe a different level of confidence brewing kind of at this time of year than, than maybe there was at this time last year? Um, last year, you know, after six games, uh, the team was 4-2, and two, but it had rolled off four straight unbelievable wins and just dominated teams. But this year, I think you can look back and you can almost say almost every win has been one of those quote-unquote character-type wins. And maybe seeing what this team has been able to do, the way they've been able to win games, is that kind of instilling a bit of a different type of confidence in this group, um, you know, from yourself, yeah, watching how I, they've won these games? Yeah, it's, it's nice to win these games right now because I, I really don't feel like, you know, and this is not being disrespectful to any of our opponents along the way, but I don't feel like we've played that great yet this year. I think at times we have. I think we've shown, you know, great spurts on on, on the offense. I think we've shown great patches like times on defense, but I, I don't think we've really put together a complete game yet. So, you know, the fact that we're 5-1, and one, um, you know, with, with feeling like that, that, that's something I'm excited about. Um, they're, they're, we got a special group this year. I, I don't. I, it's tough to put your finger on. Every year, I kind of, you know, look at the team and and because I think you know, and you've heard me say this before, but like that, that's big to me. I, I really think that you know, to, in order to win, you know, y'all got to be on the same page, and you got to be a tight knit group, and you got to be willing to you know make those little sacrifices for the guy beside you because you really care about him. Um, you know, and I, I think we have one of those groups, and and I and I think because things have gone our way in tight games this year, I think every time you continue to do that, I think the confidence just goes up a little bit. Like that, you know, okay, we can do this. Um, you know, now, now I like I wouldn't mind running. You know, I'm happy to play a game the <laughs> other a less way. Less stressful yeah, night, yeah, maybe? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm going to have to start wearing my uh, Apple Watch during the games and checking out the, <laughs> the heartbeat monitor in the fourth quarter because it seems like this year every game, for the most part, is, uh, you know, but, I, you, you, hey, listen, you know, you, you, the hope is that when push comes to shove and when it really matters that, you know, you're, you're battle-tested and, and um, you know, one thing – for a young team, it's nice to see us coming through in these situations because we don't seem to panic. Um, so, it, hey, so far so good. Well, and that kind of leads me, I think, into my next comment, and I'll have to preface this by saying it is uh, no knock against some of the guys that departed, but this team did uh, have a you know a couple of leaders leave this team in the offseason, uh, one by retirement, one by free agency, and Sandy Chapman and Brody Merrill. But do you think that their departures have kind of allowed some guys to, I think, maybe kind of blossom into different kind of leaders, so to speak, and allow some other guys to kind of be themselves now and, and realize that they have to pick up the torch and kind of pick up where some of those guys left off a little bit? And, I mean, so far it seems like – Obviously, 5-1, everything has gone great. But have you seen some guys kind of mature because of maybe their new situations they're in a little bit? Yeah, listen, I think I think it's a respect thing. I think when you have guys like Brody and, and Chap in, in your locker room, um, I think the young – especially the kids we're bringing in here, and we know this because they are all come from character backgrounds. But, 
you know, there, there's a respect factor. So I don't, I don't think they want to, you know, they might be a great leader from their days in junior or whatever. And, um, you know, they don't want to come in here and step on anyone's toes. I, I can, I, you know, Brody's not the most vocal guy, but I, I can remember Brody coming in here, you know, um, not wanting to step on anyone's toes, you know, Collins or, or mm -hmm. Suits or whoever, when he first came. Like, that's, that's I think, just a natural thing. So with those guys kind of removed, um, you know, the leaders on this team, you know, Chow, the new captain, Chow being a young guy himself. I mean, Rosie's obviously one of the leaders on this team and one of the older guys on this team. And, you know, but it, it, it's kind of like uh, – like these guys are, you know, I always kind of refer to it as like, you know, and it's not true, the, the, all of them, because some of them, Pup and Robbie, been in the league eight, nine years, Jonesy, yeah. long time too, you know, but I don't know. They just seem kind of, you know, just young and naive. <laughs> and I don't mean it like that, but, I mean, yeah. they just they just go about their business, you know. Like yep. they just, they just, you know, and, and so maybe a guy that in the past that wouldn't have said something because – He'd be intimidated by, you know, Sandy and Brody. I mean, for different reasons. You know, those are pretty intimidating guys when you walk in a locker room. I mean, you know, uh, loose ball machine in the league all time. And then you got yeah. Chappie, like for me, one of the, the, the all-time greatest teammates and leaders ever. Yeah, um, and true professional. Absolutely. You know? So you don't want to – you don't want to – you know, say something to maybe but now with those guys gone, I think it, it loosens people up a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that's just a natural part of it. Yeah. And we didn't want to leave Brandon Miller out of that, but he is still around as a assistant coach. So he's yeah in I a mean, different role, that, but he's still, he's still a part of the club here. Yeah. yeah and B's, that's been, you know, that's been, uh, B's been a great, made a, made a great transition for us better than, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy to go from being a player to a coach on the bench, even even in that room. And it, this situation was just really good for B because, yeah, we a couple older guys leave. It's it's kind of a new young team, and and a lot of these guys don't know B as a teammate, or even though he, you know, he just finished playing. But you know, these guys don't really know the true, mm -hmm. you know, B Miller teammate, whatever. So he's done a great job in, in his role as well, and and and. Um, you know, I would just say, you know, I, I would just describe it as kind of, uh, you know, I don't want to say a big happy family because, yeah, we're happy right now. We're five and one. Things are good. But, you know, that could change quickly. Um, I would describe it as a, as a family. Like, we, we're, I feel there's yeah. a very, you know, family atmosphere going on with this team. And, uh, you know, that that's something that I, I like. Now at five and one, uh, we're going to creep a little bit closer to the halfway mark of the season after Friday night's game. But have you taken some time on the general manager's side to, you know, maybe step back, have a look at the roster, and, and kind of see if there is any mid-season tweaking that you think may go on? I know right now there's obviously only two goalies on the active roster, no goaltender on the practice roster. Are those the type of things that you're going to start to uh, kind of wrap your head around, or even perhaps address in the next? Uh, little while yeah I'm always looking ahead you know I'm always thinking about those things I mean I'm aware of that um you know I'm also aware that we haven't really run into too many injuries as of yet so I mean that that's you know inevitable for every team at, at, over the course of the year as far as I'm concerned um you know there will be a trade deadline at some point 
Hey, listen, um, yeah, bro, the, always going. I mean, you know me. Uh, any any opportunity um, I have to, to make this team better and give us a chance to, to win, I, I'm going to take it. So, um, you know, I'm talking to who I need to talk to and, and uh, you know, in the loop right. as, as much as I need to be, I believe, and, and we'll see. But, you know, right now the focus is, is just – What's next? And, and uh, you know, what's next is the defending champions and and uh, probably not not in the greatest mood. And, you know, that's where we are right now. And what do you make of them? I mean, a lot of people have said uh, if there was a year that they were ripe for the picking, it might be this year with some of the guys that uh, mm-hmm. they've lost, not only through the expansion draft and Adrian Sorichetti, but a couple of guys on the back end that are uh, taking a year off to uh, pursue their personal professional careers. Um, you know they're out of the gate at uh, three and two, but uh, well, you know, I'll tell you still one. Still very talented. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, if anyone yeah, wants, if anyone wants yeah. to put money on it, uh, you know, I'll still be betting on the rush to to take the West down. Uh, they're 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 the champion. Um, you know, I still think that they are the power in the in the West, and yeah, they've lost some good guys, but you know, we know we know around here too that. You know, losing it just opens the door for someone else, and you know they'll they'll be better for it down the road. And and you know, I know Derek's. Um, you know, they'll they'll be ready. They they'll be hungry. A lot of Toronto boys here. They always play well here. Um, you know, there'll be no panic on that team. They'll 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 be there when the dust settles. And and they're still very very dangerous. Uh, not a lot of changes up front, so and they had one of the best offenses in the league. So, um, you know, they're always going to be scary to me. I, you know, you know they'll be prepared. It, it's it's just going to be a tough matchup. So another another good test for us um, by week following it. So uh, you know, six and one at the, at the bye week would be awesome. Um, you know, five and two not, not as awesome, but uh, a good challenge for us to to stack up to, you know, potentially the team that, you know, I would say is the odds-on favorite to, to see in the final uh, from the West. So um, let's see what they got. Okay, sounds good. Thanks a lot for stopping by, Jamie. Good luck uh, Friday night against the Rush, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Mike. All right, that was Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager Jamie Dowick. We'll take a short breather here on Toronto Rock Total Access. We'll be back in a second. Buddy, you're a boy, make a big nice plane in the street, gonna be a big man someday. You got mud on your face, you big disgrace, kicking your can all over the place, singing, we will, we Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, flying solo this week. No Colin Doyle. So that means we have two guests in studio right now. Nick Rose, Brad Cree. Guys, welcome to the podcast. All right, got to set this up. Before either of you guys say a word, we do have to mention, you guys just got back from All You Can Eat Sushi. Brad Cree looks like, I can't even describe it right now, but if he gets out maybe more than 10 words during this interview, I'll be surprised because he looks like he is about ready to go down. Don't Rosie, worry, I'll, I'll bring us right. home. You look bring us right. home here. Over. <laughs> There's a limit. Are you okay, Brad? You went over the limit. And I went over, <laughs> you went over it. You raced over it. Eh? I hate myself right now. Wow. What? Uh, what's the go-to event? What? What was the? What did you abuse at the? 
All you can eat sushi. He's a big shrimp tempura guy. <laughs> oh, that'll fill you up. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll text you what I want you to we, say. We got a little bit of everything <laughs> I'll over there. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't wow. uh, any holding back anyone over there today. That's good. You go heavy on the dipping sauce with that too, or? Yeah. 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 Spicy mayo got me. Ooh. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Rosie, what's your go-to over there? Um, I don't know. We we did a lot of rolls. I like the rolls over there. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty easy. I like the Philadelphia roll. Really? Um, we put back maybe about eight spicy crispy <laughs> rolls between five of us. So <laughs> that's it. Wow, that's good. Yeah, all the boys are feeling uh, not too great right now, but let's uh, get after it here. And we should mention that Challen Rogers is with you guys. And he is now <laughs> doing a one-on-one right now on the floor, so yeah. he may be feeling it more than anyone. He probably could have used more than one minute to get ready <laughs> yeah. for this one when we got back, but uh, right. nonetheless, he he's out there, there doing he his job. Is, yep, we can see him yep. standing up and everything. All right, well, you mentioned Philadelphia roll, so what a great segue to talk about the Rocks' last win. A 13-12 win over the Philadelphia Wings last week, and guys, uh, it didn't start well. Ugly. Oh, it didn't? So, <laughs> four minutes in, what, what were you guys, like, um, well, let's start with Rosie. How were you feeling? Um, I was just kind of thinking, or just wondering what kind of happened to start that game. I mean, between myself and pretty well the entire team, we just weren't ready to play for some reason. And it didn't seem like we weren't ready for Philadelphia, but um they came out flying in front of their home fans and uh we just weren't there to answer the bell right uh, right off the hop so that's what's going to happen against any team in the NOL yeah I just wanted to know when it was going to stop (laughs) (laughs) um they definitely came out uh hot and I uh (coughs) was listening to their pregame stuff and it was a lot of we have to come out strong and they did exactly that and just luckily enough we were able to find a way to somehow grind out a win out there and and we did so kudos to us but I don't think uh I don't think anyone was really happy or satisfied with that one and I don't know maybe this is really cliche but it seems like almost every week everybody's kind of keys to victory are you know don't get down big early stop their runs you know uh and all these games seem to come down to you know one or two goals at the end um what has it been though about the Philadelphia Wings and the two meetings that these games have been absolute dogfights, and, you know, despite the fact that, you know, you got down early in this game and then battled back, but still there was some there was some gap between the two teams for, for most of the game. And then even in the first meeting, obviously, as we've talked about several times here, the uh, somewhat miraculous comeback in the, in the late stages there where everything kind of had to go right in order for, uh, you know, for there to even be a chance to win that game and for Tom Sharper to even score that goal. But um, what has it been about the Wings? Either one of you guys can jump in on this. But what has it been about the Wings that have given you guys trouble here? Yeah, I just think that uh, they, they have a bunch of guys that are ready to work hard every night. And maybe the first game we took them a bit for granted. I, I mean, I, I can't really speak for, the, for our entire team, but I just think we got up uh, early in that first game and, thought we maybe uh, were going to just cruise to win and they came out flying in the second half transition and that kind of stuff and then we were into one and found a way to uh, somehow win that one and then this past weekend in Philadelphia again we just didn't start the game well and no matter who you're playing in the NOL you're 
if you don't start the game well, you're going to get down quite a bit to start. And our first half just wasn't good enough uh, to kind of beat anybody in the NL, but thank thankfully we made some adjustments at halftime and some vets stepped up. Robbie obviously had a huge uh, fourth quarter, Jonesy. So that, that was a good sign to be able to pull that one out, even not at our best. Now, in the game this past weekend, uh, Tom Schreiber was uh, he was sick Friday night, missed shoot around on Saturday morning. When he came out and scored that goal early in the fourth quarter, was that even a bigger boost than maybe people at home would have thought, given that you know you guys knew that he was definitely not uh, not a hundred percent? Yeah, he seems to find ways, well, however way he's feeling uh, these past couple weeks, especially, but. Uh, we're kind of in a fight right now, so I don't really want to praise him too much. But uh, <laughs> you and Tribes are in a yeah, fight. Yeah, we battle a bit over but, what? Well, especially his last comment, what he said about us Canadians. Oh, Aaron is. Yes, uh, I didn't appreciate right. that at all. Yeah, <laughs> but we're, uh, we're not different. No. So is that? put him in a fight with everybody on the team oh, then? Yeah. Or, the, the group, or all the guys except Karen, I guess. The group chat's uh, popping off a little bit. Really? Calling him out. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> he, he keeps scoring those goals, I'll probably get over it. But I feel like you're at about like a 34% when this interview started. <laughs> what are you at now? <laughs> I hate Tom as much as I hate sushi right now. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, um, sorry, Tom. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, uh, our coach, Matty uh, Sawyer, did did make a comment about Tommy and Kieran before the game in Philadelphia. They had a lot of family and friends, and obviously since they've been here, they've uh, put a lot of dedication into this team without uh, kind of being able to have a game like that where they're able to bring a lot of close people uh, to the game. So we did want to... Uh, use that as some motivation and kind of play for those two and obviously Tommy was under the weather but for him to be able to kind of find a couple huge goals for us was massive. Now also we had uh, Billy Holstrauser on the podcast a few weeks ago talked a little bit about uh, his role as sometimes he ends up being the guy that uh, ends up dropping the gloves and he did that in this game what did that do for you guys was that a bit of an emotional lift as well at that time in the game? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, none of us like to see him go down, Chet, like that. We all know Chet, he's a, a good guy. But uh, at that time in the game, I don't really know how it went about, but it was kind of Bill just kind of thinking he needed to do this for the team. And, <coughs> um, and uh, yeah, at that time, it seemed like the, the game sort of shifted after that. So uh, that's the type of thing that Billy will do day in, day out for us. And uh, I know definitely uh, everyone on the team appreciates that for, from Billy for sure. I want to circle back to Tom Schreiber just a little bit here and get your honest take on some of the stuff that's been going on this year and some of the additional, I think, coverage maybe that goes along with uh, Tom and, and a little bit of who he is in the lacrosse world. But did you guys have a chance? Obviously, you've watched the sideline swap feature. Uh, what did you guys think of it? On a serious note, what did you guys think of the, of the piece? Yeah, I watched it last night. Um, I thought it was a great, uh, great exposure for Tom and and for our league, probably. Um, there was some uh, video guys around with us in Philadelphia. That that was the first I had seen of uh, anybody kind of filming uh, Tommy or our team. But, yeah, it's great to see that uh, some players are around the NOL, especially one of our best uh, in the whole league, is getting that kind of exposure. I, I've only seen the, the, the first episode, so I'll have to watch a little more. But, uh, yeah, it was a cool feature for sure. 
All right, episode number two, the Philly experience there. I think it, uh, I think it comes out at the end of February. So uh, that's the one I'm looking forward to. It was pretty cool. I thought it was uh, pretty good. I think it's given a bit of a different insight into Tom as well. The little piece where he's at the diner and talking about watching film and his relationship with Brandon Miller and uh, you know, I guess just I guess what B has meant to the team in terms of when you think about it, maybe a goaltending coach. Everybody kind of only thinks they're going to benefit the goalies, but obviously Tom's also talking about how they, uh, having a guy like Brandon on the staff also benefits the O. But uh, to talk a little bit more about Brandon Miller and, and what his relationship has been like with you, I mean, it's obviously transitioned a little bit, uh, Nick, where you know you guys were teammates battling each other a little bit for playing time over the past couple of years, but obviously teammates and everybody uh, in search of the same goal. And uh, now he's coaching you, you know, how, how have things changed in terms of the relationship? Um, well, besides just him not soon up for practice uh, yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> games and whatnot, nothing's really changed to be honest with you. He's uh, still doing a lot of the same things to kind of help myself. And we're doing, we've added in some kind of goalie specific drills and practice, but other than that for prep and I think he's really obviously benefited our offensive players mostly with uh, some of the clips he's been putting together on other teams goaltenders and when you read some of the write-ups he's put together you're like wow like how how did he even notice that little thing and and um, yeah no he's been great and uh, to be honest with you the mindset between us hasn't changed we're both still in this to win a championship together just he's in a different role now. And you talked about some of those uh, maybe goalie-specific drills that have been going on in, in practice. How much of a change of pace is that? Have you done a lot of that in your career, or is this something um, really brand new? I wouldn't say I've done a whole lot of it in, in my career in the NOL. I mean, in junior and in major and stuff, there's been the odd, odd kind of interesting drill. And if somebody came out just a casual fan they'd be wondering what the heck's going on but um yeah no we just kind of do uh honestly spend three or four minutes together me and Hutch and Brandon and we just kind of work on some rebounds off the backboards um just kind of get into the back post quick and we don't spend a whole lot of time each practice but it's just kind of something right before stretching and while the guys are kind of taking the gear off uh, to stretch uh we get that done all right, well, 5-1 and one here heading into uh, Friday night against the defending NLL champion Saskatchewan Rush. Uh, Brad, this team obviously comes in loaded up front. Uh, you as a defender are going to be, uh, you know, probably tasked with checking uh, some of the best offensive guys on the planet, including a guy like Mark Matthews. Um, is this one of those opportunities that you kind of really look forward to, to uh, – you know, as much as these guys want to score goals, it's probably the big feather in your cap, too, if you're the guy who's shutting them down. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to play these guys for sure. They're probably labeled as the best or one of the best offensive in the league. So it's uh, it's exciting to to have these guys come in and and, and kind of see where, where we stand as a defense group. So, uh, you know, best uh, thing that we can do right now is just kind of follow Brucey's lead and go over the – the prep uh, coming up for the game uh, Friday and uh, just kind of go from there just uh, you know go through uh, go through what we had set up all week and you know study their their offense study their you know individuals and what their kind of tactics are and um, yeah see how we, we we do against them. And Rosie what about you I mean I'm sure this is 
again, one of those challenges, like you say, you want to uh, you want to beat the best, but yeah, I a little mean, nightmarish too. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Rush, uh, they're full value every time they come to Toronto, and uh, it makes for us, it makes it difficult on us to beat them every every time we see them. And I think uh, maybe the last time we were in Toronto, we did beat them, but uh, last year we were we out there. I, I don't remember. No, last year it was a seventeen nine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah shellac. Not, so, not a good one last I think, year. <laughs> I think the year, year before we might have beat them at home. So, yeah. like, you, like I said, it's, t- it's tough to, to beat those guys no matter where you play them. And they won three of the last four championships for a reason. And pretty well mm-hmm. from top to bottom of their roster is, is probably better than most teams. And, and nothing's changed uh, for our mindset from uh, the past few weeks. I mean, we're... We're going in confident, and we're going to make sure we're prepared and play our game, and then uh, we'll let the results kind of figure that out at the end. But um, we're, we're going in there to play hard and beat those guys and maybe try and make a statement to the league. All right, to bring this thing full circle, number I guess part, part <coughs> A of this is the sushi, a superstitious meal the day before a game, and or could it become one if you guys – and the Rock are successful against the Rush tomorrow. <laughs> Looking at Brad, I don't think that he's ever His going back in a, in a sushi joint. Glazed no. over here. No, this, this isn't a regular thing. We we no. might do a, a sushi session once every week or two weeks, but not always before the game. But uh, we we got a while till tomorrow morning shoot around. So I think we'll be all right. But we'll make sure Brad gets to bed nice and early here tonight. <laughs> He might not leave <laughs> the track here. Well, the, the boy's got to coach uh, Rock Elite League tonight, so hopefully oh he's, he's back to normal by then. Uh, Are you going to be okay, Brad? Are you going to be okay to coach tonight? Next question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot for joining me uh, on the podcast today. Good luck tomorrow night against the Rush, and uh, I am positive we will do this again sometime soon. Great. Thanks for having us. Thanks, fun. Michael. <laughs> You're welcome, Bradley. All right, that was Nick Rose and Brad Cree, Toronto Rock goaltender, Toronto Rock defender. We'll be back with more Toronto Rock Total Access in a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock here, and as mentioned many times on the pod today, flying solo, which, of course, if you've listened to this point of the podcast, you would be uh, very well aware of that fact. So, short wrap-up here. Of course, big game coming up on Friday night. The Toronto Rock will take on the Saskatchewan Rush. 7.30 is game time at Scotiabank Arena. It is country night. So don't forget there will be a live halftime performance by Jade Eagleson, none other than. Check him out on YouTube. He's got a huge hit single out there. Well over 7 million views on YouTube. So this guy's becoming a big deal. Canadian artist, up and coming. So before he gets real huge, you want to check him out. And check out the Toronto Rock. Friday night, country night. Toronto Rock against the Saskatchewan Rush. Also on the ticket side of things. Just launched within the last uh, 24, 48 hours here. On torontorock.com is the Go Rock Go ticket pack. It's your round trip go bus or train ticket. 
and uh, lower bowl ticket as well for just 39 bucks, inclusive of all taxes and fees. Some restrictions apply, but you can check out all the details at torontorock.com slash go rock go. That's the name of the ticket pack and what you will be chanting over and over again on Friday night at Scotiabank Arena should you make it out to the game, which, yes, you should, if that makes sense. Tickets are still available at torontorock.com. Uh, lots of great seats available in the lower bowl, and uh, you know you can get as close to the action as you'd like. And uh, two weeks from Friday night, the Rock will be back at home again against the San Diego Seals. Who knows? Both teams could come in at five and two. The Rock could be six and one. San Diego could be five and two. They could be four and three. Lots of different uh, permutations, if you will, of the teams' respective records. However. It very well could be, should the Rock win and the Seals win, it could be a battle for top spot overall in the National Lacrosse League, which would be wild to think about. The fact that, you know, we've got perhaps a Vegas Golden Knights story here on our hands in the National Lacrosse League with how the Seals have started off. We'll wait and see. It's obviously very early, but uh, that could be coming down the the old pipe there on Friday, February the 15th. But what's up first? Yes, that's right. This Friday night, February the 1st, 7.30, Toronto Rocks, Saskatchewan Rush. Get your tickets right now because it is going to be a great one. And also, as I mentioned many, many times, country night again. Jade Eagleson performing live at halftime. All right, that'll about do it for this week's podcast. Uh, I have to thank all my guests for stopping by here. And also... Um, Colin Doyle will be back next week, folks. Don't worry. The number one man will be back here on the show next week. Missed him. Missed you, buddy. Missed you, Doyle. Hopefully you listened to uh, this episode here again, but uh, missed you, buddy. And we'll, of course, recap our recent Netflix viewing for all of you as well, which I know you're all dying to see. So in the meantime, in between time, I am Mike Hancock saying... That's it. That's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with. We will chat next week.